Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it? Don't forget, it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant. Dude, is there a problem? And it is fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, good. Man, I just read it. You know what? Doesn't matter to me. I get paid by the word. <laughs> Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Another episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Another opportunity to wear my Dewar polo and hold the no sweat pants in my hands. I can't recommend Dewar enough. Go to Dewar.ca. Use the code SDPN15 for 15% off of your purchase today. The no sweat pants that I have around my neck right now, if you're watching, I have it around my neck like I'm a boxer. And then I just kind of throw into a scarf. Um, they're antibacterial. They're so incredibly soft. You need an update to your fall wardrobe, and Dewar is the place where you need to get your clothes. Go get their extremely soft, flexible, moisture-wicking, antibacterial clothes, pants, polos, t-shirts. It's so good. Dewar.ca, SDPN15 right now. Dewar.ca. Did I say that enough? Dewar.ca, SDPN15. And as always, today's Jesse Blake Sports Report is brought to you by Sports Interaction. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN if you are going to place any bets. They are 19 plus and please play responsibly. And to place those bets, you go to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. And I want to talk about a bet in the future that I think is guaranteed to hit. It's a couple months from now. It's September 21st, and the bet does not cash until Thanksgiving uh, Day in America, which is Thanksgiving 2020, United States, November 24th. So we're two months away from this bet. Kirk Cousins on Monday night, this past Monday night, I trusted the Minnesota Vikings to be the Minnesota Vikings of new. The ones that we saw versus the Packers last week in that they demolished them. The offense looked like a new look offense where Kirk Cousins was just going to bomb the ball out to Justin Jefferson on every play and he's going to get 500 yards receiving on every single game. None of that came true. Kirk Cousins, historically, has struggled immensely on Monday nights. Monday, specifically. But also in prime time, he has never been a good quarterback. Monday nights, he is 2-10 after Monday's loss. That is the worst record amongst any quarterback with a minimum of 10 starts. So Kirk Cousins, prime time, doesn't work. I thought it was going to be a new year. Like I said, last week, they look great versus the Packers. And Darius Slay, like, give him all the credit, the cornerback for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, he shut down Justin Jefferson. But also the offense as a whole wasn't cooking. Dalvin Cook had, I believe, six, 17 rushing yards on six carries. Cousins, Kirk Cousins, was actually the leading rusher of the team with 20 yards. It wasn't good. It wasn't good all around for the Minnesota Vikings. And we're done trusting them in prime time when the spotlight is on. I thought this team would have been a whole new generation of Vikings where they have the Rams offense and nothing 
could ever stop them from putting up a million points every game. And then Monday, the Eagles, they shut it all down. Seven points. Disappointing game. I'm thinking guaranteed win game Thursday, November 24th. The Vikings play the Packers Thursday night. It's not a Monday, but it's prime time. It's Thanksgiving in America. Revenge for the Packers from this week one loss. Vikings can never get it done. I understand there are so many infinite weeks between now and that week of the NFL season. We got a lot of weeks and a lot more knowledge to get out of who these teams are. Week two, I still believe in the Packers. I'm ready to fall completely off of the Minnesota Vikings bandwagon. I think we look ahead to this game. We circle it on the calendar and we say, when that Thanksgiving night in America comes up, we remember week two. We remember what the Minnesota Vikings are in prime time. And we put our money on the Packers to win straight up and against whatever spread is set. And I'm going to be doing that on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, where it's 19 plus. And you please play responsibly. That's where I'm going to be placing that bet for the Packers. Thanksgiving. I'm already, I'm already there. Guaranteeing that win. All right. It's time for the main event. Your fantasy hockey advice. And before we get into the three things that you need to do to win your league, to put you in a best position to win your league, I need to give you just a caveat, an asterisk to put next to everything I'm about to say in this episode. I think it's very important to view this episode through this lens and know that fantasy is about fun. It's about having fun with your friends. It's about having a good time through sports with your buddies for the next six months of your life. Like that's what we all need to remember when we're doing all of this fantasy hockey research, fantasy football research, whatever you're doing. We need to remember that at the end of the day, fantasy is just a great way to have fun with your friends. And I think you need to remember this, especially when you're at the draft board and like your favorite player is up there and you're like, okay, should I draft them? But it's a couple picks ahead of where I want to take them. It costs too much if you're doing an auction draft. Okay, example. Tage Thompson is your favorite player. You draft Tage Thompson, you pay 25 bucks in your auction draft for Tage Thompson. That's an overpay, let's say. Let's say he was going 15 and you paid 25, which is crazy. It's $10 over the auction budget. Your time with fantasy will be more fun with Tage Thompson on your team. So go ahead and pay that because for the next six to seven months, however long this your season goes with your fantasy pool, every time as you, the Sabres fan, are watching Sabres games on TV and Tage Thompson scores, you're double rooting for Tage. You're like, okay, that's a goal for my Sabres and that's a goal for my fantasy team. It would suck if it's like your 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 best friend who's also in your league and you're trying to beat them this week and they have Tage Thompson who's your favorite player and you're watching the Sabres and Sharks game and Tage scores and you're like, yes, but also no, because you're playing Tage on your fantasy team. It's more fun if you just draft your favorite players at the end of the day. I'm about to give you so much strategy and so much help in how to actually win your league. And you can stick to it. You can stick to it like a T. And you can just do it and, and try and win 
through all costs, but you can also have a little bit more fun if you sway a little from the advice occasionally to just get a player you really like. And I I think that's for the best. I think we should all have more fun with this because really at the end of the day, there's nothing on the line except having fun with your friends. Your $20 buy-in is on the line and maybe a couple hundred bucks uh, depending on how many people in your league. That's obviously on the line for the stakes. But you're going to have more fun through the seven months of your life if you just draft your favorite player every once in a while. Fantasy, it's so like near and dear to my heart because it's such a great way for you to stay in touch with your friends and you have a mutual thing that you talk with about throughout the entire year. You communicate, you chirp each other, you have a great time. And like that's why I, I like I'm I'm so happy, excited to be making this podcast about fantasy and sharing my love of fantasy hockey with you listening right now because like I've looked at it as something uh, for the last decade of my life where I've been able to stay in touch with longtime friends. And like for you, if you're just getting into it, look at it as a way, a bonding experience for new people in the office. Like you're at a workplace and you all now have a football pool or a fantasy hockey. Uh, that's what we'll be talking about on this episode. Fantasy hockey league now with 12 buddies at, at work or like you're you're in your mid 30s you're in your 40s and you're reconnecting with high school friends and now you're all over the country and all over the world and now the 12 of you talk weekly about fantasy hockey and about a sport you all love like that's the beauty of fantasy having fun with your friends rooting for players so remember that as after as i'm giving you these three tips to help you win your league remember that at the end of the day we're all trying to win but we should all be just trying to have a good time. Tip number one on how you can win your fantasy league. I'm going to put you in the best position to win your league this year. One, pay for the stars. That's the most important advice I can give anybody. I tell people this every single year, people who aren't in my league, because like I'm trying to win my league. So I tell everyone this, pay for the stars. My league is uh, the way I play every year. is a 12-team league. That's the standard on Yahoo. Auction draft. I know there's a lot of you out there that snake draft. Snake drafts, uh-uh. Auction drafts are the way to go. No, and no, no rotisserie nonsense in terms of playing your games. You play head-to-head matchups. The stat-counting categories, like I know in ho- Hockey Fantasy, there's such a wide variety on, on which stats you count for your head-to-head matchups. But head-to-head, 12-team league, auction draft, that's the perspective I'm going to be giving this advice on. First things first, as I said, you pay for the stars. Austin Matthews is a perfect example of why spending the extra auction money is the best way to put you in a position to win your league. Austin Matthews had 60 goals last season. If we take a look at last year's goal stats, the goal stats from the 2021 season, from 50 to 60 goals, there are only four players. There are only four players who scored 50 to 60 goals. Ovechkin, Kreider, Dreisaitl, Matthews. From 30 to 40, there are 37 players. And we're going to break it down even further in the center position. The center position in Yahoo! Uh, in their standard scoring, you need three centers, okay? So you need three centers on your team in Yahoo. In a 12-team league, that's 36 centers. Everybody's got three. Th- 36 starting centers across the league. So let's say you're in a draft. 
you're going to take Austin Matthews. If you followed my advice and you pay for the stars, you take Austin Matthews. And then worst case scenario, you get the 35th and 36th starting center. So just if we base this off of goals, the goals category, because that's one of the most crucial stats in your head-to-head matchups, the goals category. So we're going to rank last year's center goal scorers. So the goal scoring, the goal category, we're going to rank it just by centers. Patrice Bergeron scored 25 goals. He was 36th amongst centers and goals. Ryan Johansson scored 26 goals. He was 35. So now you have the number one goal scorer among centers, the 35th and the 36th. Let's say you drafted those three players at some point in your auction draft. And then your friend who doesn't listen to the Jesse Blake Sports Report said, I'm not going to do the stars and scrubs way of drafting. I'm going to get a balanced goal scoring trio for my three centers. So we're going to be super generous and say that your friend who didn't listen to this advice drafted the seventh, the eighth, and the 14th highest goal scoring centers. So they got, that's a good haul. You got the first, the 35th and the 36th, and they got 7, 8, and 14. 7 is Barkov with 39 goals. 8, Rupe Hints with 36 goals. And 14th is Elias Pettersson with 32 goals. 39, if you're following, that's 39 goals, 37 goals, 32 goals. That's 108 goals that they accumulated from those pre- three positions. Let's go back to your three guys that you drafted. You drafted Austin Matthews, who scored 60, Johansson, who scored 26, and Bergeron, who scored 25. If you follow that math, that's 111 goals. You, by drafting Austin Matthews and then the two bottom goal scorers, have 111 goals, and your friend, who went, we gave a very generous, balanced three goal scorers, at 7, 8, and 14, only have 108 goals. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? The, the tier that the top, top elite point getters, assist getters, goal scorers are in is so far above the mean that having those players pushes you above everything in that stat category. So I'm not just talking about goal scoring here and drafting Austin Matthews. I'm talking about getting Connor McDavid because the points he puts up are so higher than the average player. I'm talking about getting Roman Yossi, whose points are so much higher than the average defenseman. I'm talking about getting somebody like Huberto, who's going to put up so many more assists than the average assist getter at the wing. This is how you win your league. By having these stars push you so far ahead of the average that you have that those extra couple points, assists, goals, plus minus, hits, if you count that, um, whatever it is. You want the outlier positions. Pay for them in your auction draft. It is always more useful to have those stars than to try and build that balanced lineup. You need those top players to win your league. That's guaranteed. That's just a fact. If you don't have outlier numbers, you can't beat the rest of your... You can't beat your opponents. That's how it's going to work. 
draft pay for the stars who are so far ahead of everyone else. Second thing you need to do to win your league, ignore projected stats. Projected stats, projected budget, projected cost, all of that stuff that you see on your little ESPN thing or your Yahoo thing where they're like, oh, this player costs $5 and he's going to score 10.2 goals this projected season. Uh Uh-uh. None of that can be trusted. It takes a little bit of work for this this tip to, to actually get this done, but you can't be fooled by the little thing on the side of all the Yahoo drafts that say average salary or projected salary. You have to know the draft and how much you put your worth on different players. Uh, we're going to go back to the first piece of advice where you pay for the stars. You have to realize that paying for the stars means paying above the little thing that says average salary because you value those stars higher than your competitors, your other people in the league. So when knowing your draft, it's it's about knowing the cost of the players. And that also means knowing who you're drafting against. If you're in a draft with a bunch of Leaf fans, you know that William Nylander in your auction draft is going to go for $10 higher than he should. If you're in a league with a bunch of Canadians fans, you know that Nick Suzuki might go for $45, something crazy like that. Or he might go in the top 10 if you're in a snake draft, if you're in a ridiculous snake draft. So know your league, know your friends, and back to the little projected stats things, that's where the work comes in because it's important to know where players are going to play and knowing the overall landscape of the league. One thing I love to do is I'll have open daily face off or like I'll just know kind of who to avoid because I don't want any third liners on my team. I think it's just a little handy, handy thing I have that just in my head, like if I can get if if my bottom forward guys are filled out with fringe second line players and not third liners, I have this little added advantage because the volatility of a third liner getting their points and getting their minutes, I'm always unsure. I never know. So I like having a little rule where I say, hey, no third liners. And that's important because that means when I go to when I'm evaluating a talent, when somebody comes up for auction, that's a third line player, that value to me is zero. You know, it's about and when it comes up to draft, you gotta know you can't just base it on what the Yahoo recommendations or ESPN or whatever platform you use for your draft. You can't base it off of those recommendations. You have to have your own strategy because if you're basing it off those recommendations, you're just going to be doing what everybody else is doing and you won't get those small little advantages that allow you to win your league. Knowing the players, I mentioned third liners. I want to throw out some other things. Players who kill penalties. Very advantageous for those uh, in our league. We have shorthanded points. That's a very important category. Players who are on the power play. It's obviously your stars. But if you get a player like Mitch Marner, who's a star, who's on the power play and the penalty kill, add a couple dollars to their uh, value. Like that, that, that right there is a perfect example of where you see, hey, this player is worth $40 in the league. But they're on the PK and the power play, and they're a first liner. That's huge. And Yahoo's not looking at that. 
they're just looking at, hey, these are the stats they get. This is what the value is. There's so much more that goes into evaluating players that are worthwhile having on your team. In my fantasy football league, one thing I love doing just to prove my point when I'm like, I can't trust these projected stats is there's a projected standings that come out after you do your draft like they'll they'll auto generate a projected standings based on who you drafted and they'll do the whole season and i just like looking at that throughout the year and how wrong the projected standings are i I keep it i'll like go to that tab that area of the of the fantasy league and you can still see it from the draft day these are the projected standings these are the draft ratings the computer spit out and like so often than not the teams that the projected standings thought would be near the top of the league are near the bottom and just reaffirms my point that i need to know the players myself i need to know the kinds of players i want to get after I need to know who I think is valuable to my team. And I create my own projected stats for each of these tiers. This is this point two is a lot of work. It requires you to just know the league, know your players, make your own draft rankings based on how you want to set up your team and then go draft that way. Mock drafts, mock drafts will help you huge in finding this out. But that is point number two. Don't trust the projected stats. Tip number three on how you can win your fantasy hockey league this season. Goalies. Stream your goalies. Draft one goalie if you're smart. Draft no goalies if you're brave. That is this. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Draft one goalie. Don't be that person, (laughs) Steve Dangle, who goes out and drafts two three goalies in a year it doesn't it doesn't need to work like that your roster is so much more valuable if it's filled out with players who have high potential and you need to get your goalies from waivers spend your extra draft capital that you're not spending on goalies that your friends who don't listen to jesse blake sports report are spending on goalies spend that on guys who could potentially be stars rookies or second year players. I don't I avoid rookies like it, going back to the last point. Uh one thing I always do is I don't draft rookies cuz I haven't seen them. I don't know what they can be. Second year players though, breakout players. That's end of the draft time. Like that's where you need to when everybody's drafting their second and third goalie, you need to be drafting potential breakout players. And because you're not drafting a goalie, you're going to be diligent on the waiver wire. So weekly, what I do is I like to scout teams. I like to scout backup goalies that are playing teams that aren't high-powered. So last year, Seattle Kraken, Chicago Blackhawks, Arizona Coyotes, those were all teams that were near the bottom of the league in goals four. So if I spot a backup goalie that's going to play one of those teams on any given night... That backup goalie is right on my team. We have three pickups per week. That is more than enough. If you have one goalie who plays a couple games and you just need one more from a backup goalie, it's perfect. And the reason this strategy throughout the years has become more and more the way to go and more um, accustomed throughout hockey fantasy is because right now there's 32 NHL teams, right? That means there's about 60 goalies who play full time. Gone are the days of goalies playing 70 games. If you're a hockey fan, you know this. Goalies don't play every game anymore. 
So why are we so fixated on having starting goaltenders in our hockey fantasy league when the backup is going to play 45 games? Sorry, that wouldn't make sense. 45, no, half of 82 is 42. The backup's going to play 35 games, going to play 30 games. Sometimes, and a lot of the time, I joked about the 45 games isn't right because that's the backup. A lot of the times, it's a timeshare. Tandem goaltending is the way the National Hockey League is going. Most teams have two goalies. There are 12 teams in your league. If everybody had two goalies, that's only 24 goalies. There are leftover goalies just hanging out on the free agency waiver wire every single day in your league. Go use that. Go use your pickups to get your minimum goalie games each week. I play in a league where it's uh, your minimum goalie games is three. That's it. So usually I'm picking up one goalie for a couple days and then I have my main goalie who just kind of sits there and he plays maybe two games and then I pick up one goalie and there's my three games. And then my save percentage is uh, 9-15 and I might win the category. I get a couple wins. Like the wins category, you're not really throwing it out the window, but like you're usually only getting, if you went perfect, you'll get like four wins in a week. But like... It's such a crapshoot with goalie wins as well that you can't be banking on just playing a lot of goalie games and getting up the wins. No, just get a get a minimum, get a minimum goalie games. Spend the extra room on your roster on forwards and build those counting stat categories. Build those assists and goals and points. Get more forwards into more defensemen, more forwards into your lineup by only having one goalie on your roster. And if you fall a little short, if you look at the schedule coming up in your head-to-head matchup and you're like, oh my gosh, are my goalies only playing two games this week? I need an extra goalie. There's going to be a million. There's about 60 goalies in the National Hockey League on any given night who might play a game because backup goalies play all the time now. Tandem goalies is how the league is going. Nobody starts every game unless it's the playoffs. There's enough goalies out there. That's tip number three on how you can win your league. Draft one goalie. If you're smart, draft no goalies if you're really brave. That is it for me today. Tomorrow, I will be back once again talking more football. It is football season. It's been a great season so far, and I'm jacked for it. Look out for another episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here listening to this right now, and I really appreciate you. Please like this video if you liked it. Hit the podcast rating if you like the podcast. Hit subscribe on the SDPN YouTube channel if you are not subscribed. I will see you later. Thank you for being here. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.